0: Welcome back, friends. Ed Harold, your fearless leader. Really excited to share this podcast, this Life with Breath, Applying Breath as Medicine podcast with the amazing Jesse Coomer. In this podcast, we bring in breath experts from all over the world to help us live a more dynamic life, to have a more active awareness of what the heart is really bringing. We talk about health, wellness, exercise performance, organizational performance, even organizational performance in the brain and above all, mental health, because there isn't really any other health other than mental health. Jesse has a new book out called The Language of Breath, and we're gonna dive into this book and really see what this is all about, because I know this will change your life overnight. And where else do you get that type of authenticity where you can trust the author to take you to a place and be safely held while you go through the transformational process. So as we always begin, let's just get centered Finding the center. So wherever you are on Earth, let's get those feet down on the Earth and just feel the support that Mother Earth has for you. And try to get each foot equal, 50-50. You wanna have not one weighing more than the other. And then once you ground your feet, squeeze your thighs like you're gonna stand up and notice your spine will become erect. The upper brain will turn on. If it feels right for you, just let your eyes close. And as soon as you close your eyes, you'll sense a parasympathetic response. Soften your belly and just to let emotions flow freely. And see if you can scan your face. And notice if there's any tension around your eyes and just let your eyes rest microscopically back further in the sockets. Soften your cheekbones and your upper lip. Let go of any tension that might be present around your ears. Anything you heard that might have disturbed you or triggered you. It's not important right now. Letting your awareness shift to your jaw area. And what does it feel like to release and relax the jaw? The skeletal jaw? The masseter? the tongue muscle. And you'll immediately begin to feel more circulation through the two prefrontal lobes, the most awake areas of the brain behind your forehead as you release and relax the jaw. Now, if you'd like to deepen your breath in and out through the nose, great. If you don't want to do that, the body and its organizing principles will deepen it on its own while you watch it. So there's a dual switch there. So notice your breath allows you to soften where you might be hard or closed off. And where you're hard and closed off, you might begin the sense of softening. So as you breathe, feel, and as you feel, relax. And as you relax, notice your mind has the ability to watch and observe and not judge or compete. And Jesse, I'm just going to turn this over to you. Take us a little deeper, brother. I want to continue on with the awareness
1: that you feel within you and bringing that awareness back to your jaw Mm. as if we are, maybe we're going to just swallow some awareness. Just kind of imagining it and just visualizing it coming down into your throat as if you're swallowing awareness in that space between your throat and the upper neck. Just kind of leave it there for just a moment. Just observing how it feels, not even, not trying to feel how it should feel, but how does that area right now, is there a shape, is there a texture in that area? Just bringing your awareness, And as we do, we're also inviting relaxation in that place between that throat and the neck. Maybe swallowing again, bringing it down into the area between the upper chest and your upper back. Putting your full awareness in that space between. Again, not even concerned about what should be there. It's what is there. Using your internal awareness now. If there's a place that feels like it needs a little love, maybe invite a little relaxation into that area as well. Allowing that relaxation to drip down inside to the space between your abdomen and your low back. Again, bringing your awareness there. If you can just observe, how is this space feeling right now? Don't even try to name the organs or like, well, it should feel this way. Just observe how it does feel right now. There's no right or wrong, there's no judgments, just observation. Knowing that whatever it is you feel, that is you, it's not something else. As you allow that awareness to come down, we're going to split it off so that it goes down through your legs. As if you're tracing through the bone, but you're not trying to necessarily feel the bone. You're just trying to feel what you feel. Don't try to feel what you think you should feel. Just feel what you feel. Coming down to the knees, coming down to the area between your shins and your calves. Just following that awareness down, down, down to your ankles, between the edges, and then down into your feet. And just, we're going to take just a moment to really put your awareness in those feet. Just like Ed started us off, we, we're, we're feeling grounded with our feet on the ground as much as we can. This full awareness in this place. And now we're going to slowly come out of this, but before we do, we're going to take a breath together. And this breath, as we breathe in, we're going to breathe our awareness. As we're breathing up, we're going to Pull our awareness from our feet all the way up to the top of our head. So that by the time you have full lungs, your awareness is all the way up to the crown of your head. And then you're going to exhale, bring it down. Now don't go any faster than you can actually pull that awareness. So don't feel like you have to go really fast. Go ahead and begin now. And just as you inhale, pull that awareness up. We're just tracing it back the same way we came back down, up through the area between the shins, and the calves, through the knees, tracing as if you're in the center of those legs, up through the center of the abdomen and the low back, through the inside of the rib cage, through the chest and the upper back, all the way up to the head, And just as you exhale nice and slow, trace that awareness right back down from the top of your head through the center of your being all the way down to your feet. And it felt so good, let's try it again. Deep breath in. And letting it out nice and slow at your own pace. Coming back into awareness of yourself. Coming back into the room. Coming into the
0: room with Ed and I. So let's just continue. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Ed. Notice the permission that Jesse gave us to language the awareness in a way that was unique to us. So diving back in, bring your awareness to the process of inhale, however you understand it. And at the apex of your inhale, pause several seconds, stop the moment, stop it like a picture in time. And then have a smooth, steady, gentle exhale whatever that means to you, and then pause again and silence the mind, stop time, several rounds, slow motion inhale, without straining, pausing, stopping your mind, pausing the neural activity, expand wherever you feel you can and know that that's your birthright, and then let it drop away. Let the moment close. And to heal that moment, hold the breath out just for several seconds. Not anything heavy. The face doesn't need to turn blue. Just another round or two. Just nurture yourself. Love yourself. Pause. Get to know yourself better. Trust your choices. Let it go. It's okay. Empty your backpack, hold the breath out, stop the mind. Last one. Continue to explore, research yourself first. Jesse, take over from there, let's go a little deeper.
1: So we're gonna continue that breathing. And as we do, we're going to incorporate awareness with every breath, deep, full breaths all the way in, relaxed breaths all the way down. And as you inhale, let's bring our awareness to our spine. And we're gonna bring that awareness from the bottom of the spine as we inhale all the way up to the crown of our skulls and just like ed was saying we're going to hold up there just for a little bit keeping that awareness there we're not going to force anything we're not going to decide we have to feel anything. We're just going to observe. And then now we're going to exhale. Come all the way down. Relax it down. Not to empty lungs. Just to nice, relaxed lungs. Bringing the awareness down your spine. Down, down, down to your tailbone. And just repeat. And as we do this, just observe that we're doing more than just trying to escape this moment. We are really becoming more into this moment. This is about embodying this moment. And how do you do that? Well, You embrace it by how it feels in this moment. And with this breath, we're breathing in, we're pulling the awareness up. expanding all the way up, pulling the awareness from the tailbone all the way up, piece by piece by piece, all the way up to the top of your head, and bringing it back down. Something that seems so simple, but can you actually trace that awareness? Are there little gaps? It's not it's not the end of the world if there are. It's okay to admit that oftentimes, our sense of internal awareness has little gaps, little places of weakness. And that's that's okay. But as we do this practice, this is very simple, but it's not necessarily easy. Really zero in on every single vertebrae as you inhale, bringing that awareness up, 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 up. With every bit of that breath wave. And then relaxing it out as you trace that awareness down every single vertebrae on the way down. Now you don't have to be able to count all of your vertebrae and all those things, but you should be able to trace your backbone all the way down. And if there's a gap, that's okay. Just go slow and it's okay to relax and it's okay to pause or at least slow down through those areas you're having trouble Having that awareness, knowing that what we're doing is we are practicing awareness and breath at the same time. And as we practice breath work and awareness at the same time, we're not just learning how to send messages via breath. We're also learning how to listen. We're learning how to become more aware of this beautiful language that is within us that is never ending and oftentimes we're unaware that it's even there so now we've been doing this for just a little bit of time i'd like to invite you to on your inhale trace that breath all the way up your spine on the exhale trace it down and now between inhales and exhales we're just going to pause for just a moment with a neutral lung and during that slight pause scan yourself from head to toe inhale tracing the awareness from the bottom to the top of your spine exhale tracing it right back down pause letting that awareness swim within you fingertip to fingertip from your toes to the top of your head just repeat that for just a moment and we're going to get into a practice that we use in the language of breath called the advanced awareness exercise. Yeah, we're going straight into it. Go. Just tracing that inhale on the way up your spine, tracing it the exhale on the way down your spine. And we're just having a pause to scan yourself from head to toe. On the brief pause, deep breath in, way full, tracing it up, going at your own pace. Again, the important thing is that you're maintaining that internal awareness and it can get difficult where it's like developing a muscle sometimes. So it's okay if it's like, okay, where did that go? Don't worry, just keep doing it. Tracing it on the way in, tracing it on the way out, pause, between breaths, scan fully. And you keep doing this. And as you do this, what I'd like you to do, we're going to try to become aware of one of the ways that the unconscious you, and we'll be talking about this in this, uh, this uh, interview. We're gonna be talking about how the unconscious you speaks to you, but it is speaking to you at all times. And so eyes closed, Focusing on just that inhale, the exhale, the pause between. I'd like you to, as you as you do this practice, and it's okay if it's difficult to do all of the focus at once. It's all right. It takes time. But I'd like you to think of something. What we're going to do is we're just going to hear the voice or feel the voice of the unconscious. I'd like you to think of something that makes you Angry. It's okay to feel anger now and then. It's part of being a human being. So just bring to your conscious awareness something that makes you feel angry. And observe as you're doing this, breathing in, breathing out, pausing, scanning. Observe that you feel there are physical sensations that accompany that thought. Interesting. It's okay to feel angry. Don't worry. We're going to get through this. But just stay on that thought. Whatever. Maybe it's something. Maybe somebody was cut you off in traffic or something like that. Whatever it is, it's okay to think about it. And observe the voice of the unconscious. It is speaking to you now. But it doesn't speak to you through words. It speaks to you through your emotions and your sensations. Okay. So clear your mind for just a moment. Focus on the inhale, breathing pulling that awareness up your spine. Exhale, allowing that awareness to come back down your spine, giving yourself a slow, a slight pause between where you can scan yourself and repeating this over and over again. Now we're going to think of something that we feel gratitude for, something that you're very thankful. Maybe it's a person, maybe it's a promotion, maybe it's something you just got in the mail, whatever it is that you're really happy and grateful for, just go ahead and focus on that. And as you do, observe the physical sensations that accompany that thought. Ah, interesting. As we focus on that, observe the sensations. Observe the voice of your unconscious you. This is how it's speaking. We're going to do a little bit more just to have a little fun with it before we get into our talk. We're going to clear your mind again. Just observe the inhale, tracing it up your spine. The exhale, tracing it right back down. Brief pause between scanning yourself from head to toe, fingertip to fingertip. And now we're gonna think of something that makes us feel jealousy. And I always love this one because we don't like to think, we we like to, oh, I'm not jealous. But if you're a human being, there are things that make us jealous. Try to think about something, I don't know, you don't have to tell me what it is. Try to bring up that in your mind and observe the feelings, the sensations that accompany that thought. observe the voice of the unconscious you really focus in on it really bring your awareness to it where is it does it have a shape does it have a texture this can be this can be challenging All of this focus, all of these thinking, all of this awareness. Just do your best. Okay, now clear your mind. We're going to do one last one. We'll we'll finish on something positive. Bring to mind something that makes you feel love. Maybe it's a person. Maybe it's a puppy. Some people have pet lizards that they love. Whatever makes you feel that that sensation, whatever brings that to mind, bring that into your conscious awareness and then observe the physical sensations that accompany that. Again, the voice of the unconscious, you and observe how these things, they appear in different places. They, they have different sensations there, maybe different texture, different shape, maybe different intensities. And now you can clear your mind. Let's take a nice, deep, full breath together, belly, ribs, chest, all the way in. Let it out with a sound, maybe like this. That's a good one, too. That's a real good one. Any kind of sound is a good sound. One more time. It felt so good. Deep breath in. And slowly but surely, you can wake your face up with a smile and come back into the room. It is nice to be here with you, Ed. Mm -hmm.
0: Listen deeply, my friends, listen deeply for the cues of your subconscious and your unconscious drives. These are our most powerful features, which when our energy is low, it's very difficult to harness in a productive way, in an evolving way. And what's not evolving is dying. Hmm. Using the vertical breathing that Jesse was speaking, Inhaling up the front of your spine, exhaling down the back of your spine, using your subconscious and unconscious drives. So as you inhale up, use your subconscious and unconscious to clear your path of future obstacles. On the exhale, use your subconscious and your unconscious to cut the cords of any thought forms of your past. That hold guilt, shame, blame, and forgive. And as you just rise and fall, everything is taken care of for you. You need do nothing. Love has forgotten no one. Thank you.
1: That was great. That was that was a wonderful practice. I uh, I gotta say, Ed, uh, so far. Um, I, I know I'm on a Breathworkers podcast because we start with excellent practice. So thank you for uh, starting us off that way.
0: Yeah. So this was not practice, ladies and gentlemen, this just all happened spontaneously from, from the heart. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there were, There were no rules. There was no have tos. It just evolved in its own unique, universal way. And, you know, that's one of the great things about the breath is when we can get out of our own way, amazing things can begin to happen for ourselves that grow exponentially, that will blow your ego's mind. You know, a few, uh, I guess about a year ago, I met Jesse uh, through The Breath Source, which is the world's leading new breath app with the science of breath the language of breath, breath is medicines, trainings, the ways to apply the breath, because whatever you're doing in your life, there is a way to breathe most efficiently to be successful at it and cutting down on wear and tear, cutting down on what we perceive as failure or missteps or mistakes. So the Breast Source app is just one of the greatest things that we're involved with. And I got to meet Jesse through that and I immediately felt his energy felt my brother, my compadre there, somebody who just puts it all out. You know, it's just like, hey, you know, I don't know who I'm going to have chemistry with, but I have chemistry with me and it works for me. I've done the work. So, Jesse, this new. Well, first of all, you work with so many different people. Uh, Gosh, you know, what does that feel like to be able to cross so many different platforms and help so many folks during these challenging times?
1: yeah well and and i know you do the same and and i i'm sure you you would feel the same way i it's something that is is challenging sometimes because you do want to be able to speak to a person's needs and oftentimes the way you present has to change based off of your your who you're speaking to so mm-hmm. one of the big demographics that i speak to a lot is 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 first responders yes and and this is something that is you know, there's a huge need, and it's like we say when uh, we speak to first responders. The, you know, the most important tool that you you can possibly have with you is your ability to use your, you know, thinking functional. You know, your, your ability to reason, and and you know the the way our brains are built, and it's it's this this thing that I think the average person, sadly enough, we're learning more and more <laughs> about it is that when you're in a heightened state of, of stress, our ability to think critically generally declines rapidly. And so about, it was about 2000, 2001, uh, police chief reached out to me and he said, listen, I read your, your first book. That was a, a practical guide to breath work. He said, I, I really like what you do. Can you come speak to my group? And from that point on, it, it really just started. And and he said, you know, there's a lot of people that try to speak to this particular group. Let me help you not make all the mistakes everybody else makes. Right, <laughs> so right. I was I was very lucky to have such a an amazing guy. His name is his his name is Jared McKee. And mm. he um, he said, listen, you know, you're going to have to, you know, don't wear the sandals. Uh, you know, don't wear the yoga pants. We're, we need to present it in a way that's going to be accepted. And so it took some time and we did some work, but over time, you know, it was, it was something that we've had a lot of success with. And, you know, I'm really proud. We have an organization now called breathwork tactics that's just for first responders. And uh, it's something that's, we've got little pockets around the United States Mm -hmm. popping up. We uh, are everyone who is becomes a police officer in uh Indianapolis so so here in Indiana uh, our mm-hmm. capital is Indianapolis so our biggest city uh all the police officers have to learn breathing techniques so they learn breathwork tactics so mm-hmm. autonomic nervous system awareness they learn some basic uh breathing techniques functional breathing stuff like that before they learn how to do a taser before they learn how to you know fire their weapon before they learn how to do high speed chase they learn how to work with their nervous system and how to at least become aware of these things. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the bi- biggest reasons why it's so gratifying to me is because I didn't know these things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, when I was younger, <laughs> you know, I, I think I'm like most people, you, you don't understand what stress is. And you don't, a lot of us don't, we, we hear about anxiety, we hear about stress, we hear about, you know, some tips maybe on how mm-hmm. to do, you know, hey. You know, just either stuff it down or, uh, you know, or, or cry it out or, you know, there's a lot of kind of vagueness as, even, but but when you don't even know what it is, right, it freaks you out. Right. And so I was, I was like a lot of people, I felt like it was hopeless. I felt like there was something wrong with me. So now when I go train, of course, first responders or the military, that's always really cool, but I find an enormous amount of satisfaction in teaching I'll, I'll teach uh drug rehab i do uh every month i go i have a, a round that i do with uh drug rehab um and Great. you know that, these these are things that it's like if you know what's going on first of all just that awareness and of course we just worked on it just now right in in our, our opening session uh and and, and it was amazing chemistry working with you there, Ed. So uh, I always, always love that. Uh, whenever, you know, things just, man, I, I'm, I'm feeling the vibe you're putting down, but you know, it's, it's these things that oftentimes we don't know what's happening and that exacerbates everything. And so becoming aware, and, and this mm-hmm. is something that in my, my book, I talk about this is awareness is the foundation of all positive change. Right. It's, it's where you have to start and then from awareness, then you can work with the techniques and you can work with, you know, mm-hmm. unconscious conscious processes and things like that. So it's incredibly gratifying to be able to share what I wish I would have known. <laughs> and that's why I write books too, because like the first book I wrote, the a practical guide to breath work, it's basically just like, Hey, these are the, this is kind of like a general overview of what breath work is. This is what's out there. This is kind of the history of it. This is how I got into it. And I, the reason I wrote that is because at the time, I didn't, at least I wasn't aware of any book that that did that. It's like, well, I wish I would have had that book when I started, so here's that book, you know. And so that's what this new book is about, The Language of Breath. how What all these signals are that we often misinterpret as, as things that are wrong with us or symptoms, right? So if you have symptoms, something must be wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so we interpret them this way, but we're just not really – we're not really – we don't understand what the signals are. So Mm -hmm. the language of breath is just as much about breathing techniques as it is about learning how to decipher these signals. And it's incredibly gratifying to share this with every audience that I talk to.
0: Yeah, it really is a master key that crosses any performance platform, you know, where, where you have result oriented people. Yeah. And just, you know, we know that, you know, when respiration rates are disturbed and heart rates go up, how, the brain neurologically responds, IQ levels drop like a rock. Absolutely. And where you need to be most aware, you're actually in your subconscious with things that you've learned 20 years ago that might have no bearing on the professional training you have right now today that's going to allow you to help yourself and help others in a seamless fashion. You know, when I first started this in like 95, I was amazed to find out that in the Indian army, the, the first thing they they, they learn is, is nasal breathing. And they learned all sorts of different pranayams so yep. that they could be most efficient in the field of battle. But they were the only army doing it. And then I began to look into the, the uncivilized cultures or places where there isn't corporate health care. And <laughs> right. the mothers are trained that when their child is two or three years old, if the child begins to habitually mouth breathe. They, they tape them out because they Definitely. know that nasal breathing is the first form of preventative health care. Mm-hmm. Because there is no doctors out there. Yeah. There is no medical intervention. So, you know, the evolution that we're both involved in as two American uh, young men or one old man and one rising star. Oh, come on. We can be uh, two young men, Ed. You <laughs> let's, know, be t-
1: let's be two young men.
0: <laughs> you know, that's what I tell myself. That's I'm, right. So what you tell yourself, you become like what you desire the most at any moment is what, is what you're going to receive. So if I desire to be a free man, I'm a free man. If I desire to be a captive man or a slave, that's that's will be my reality. So you're waking people up, and you're waking people up to the fact that the best days of their life probably haven't even occurred yet. This is this is something that's really important, and what we, we actually
1: what you just said was is is really a profound thing that, that oftentimes we glaze it we glaze over it, right? So mm-hmm. and I remember hearing a lot of this um, early on, like, you know, um, your belief structures are the things that limit you. you. You have self-limiting beliefs and you have, you know, and you hear these things and you're like, okay, well, I'll just, uh, I'll just change that belief. I'll just say, well, yes, I am capable. And we, you know, and, and, and there's a lot of, man, I wish it were that easy uh, to do. And so one of the things that, that I've been researching. And I've been really fortunate. Um, I, I've got to say, I'm very fortunate that over the course of my, not as long as your career in breath work, but over the course of the last 10 years, I've been able, because I come from academia, so I, I like to say I'm a recovering English professor of 11 years. Uh, <laughs> but um, but basically, you know, I've been able to get to know some, uh, been, some of the best minds in neuroscience and psychology. And really learn a lot from their research and, um, and, and just getting to know them and, and being able to, uh, you, know, you know, pun intended, pick their brains. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what happened was is, of course, I was very much into breath work and, and really, really, you know, drilling down, trying to learn every technique I could. And then I started learning a lot from them, and I realized that I was looking at a lot of it through um, more of a me- mechanistic lens Mm-hmm. Rather than kind of what we actually really are, and and these when it comes to these limiting beliefs, these are these things. Of course, we have the, the unconscious is this giant thing, right? Uh, it, I, I'm a big fan of Einstein. Didn't actually say it this way, but we attribute this quote to him, which is "Make everything as simple as possible, no simpler." He mm-hmm. said it, but it was this is more of a summary of what he said. It took like four lines for him to say, and it's mostly physics stuff but the point is if you can't explain it simply you don't know it well there and that's a feinstein right richard feinstein says that exact same that's that's a better quote probably for for what we're talking about now we want to simplify things enough so that we can work with it we don't want to oversimplify it and sometimes when we simplify something for the purpose of making it clearer sometimes it is it affects the way we see things in a way that has long-term ramifications so oftentimes we look at ourselves as I'm a machine mm-hmm. and, you know, I've got this computer for a brain and this machine for mm-hmm. a body. And there's this weird um, kind of like a border between, right. And, and we do our best. We really do. I think we do our best trying to put the mind and the body together. And we're, we're, we're trying to help other people and ourselves really even understand what's happening. But I, I started looking at breath work and I, I kept on looking for, codes to put into my machine or to my computer and i started looking at it that way and the more i learned about the way that the human organism really is the more i was like well it seems like the mind and the body really are all one thing it's just that we have these different experiences mm-hmm. And that's what we're interpreting as this, this variation. And so we have this conscious thinking part of us, but the unconscious is, is basically most of us. Mm -hmm. It's the thing that determines cell replication, uh, you know, hormone production, uh, you know, heart rates, our, our fears, our self-limiting beliefs. It it has the subconscious as part of Mm -hmm. it, you know, but, and, and, and it's, it's something that we oftentimes will, just like we look at our body as something other than ourselves, mm-hmm. a lot of times we would look at the unconscious or the subconscious as something other than us. And and I and I really want to challenge everyone to really own it all and say this is all me. You know, mm-hmm. it's and so mm-hmm. we have to learn how to interface with this part of ourselves that we don't have conscious access to, but that does. It's been picking up patterns since the day you were born. It's been influenced by the things you were exposed to from, you know, from before you were born, actually, I mean, our unconscious was there Mm -hmm. in the womb before we had conscious awareness. And so it's actually been us longer than the conscious part of us that we assume is us. And so as we go through with breath work, and, and so what, what the language of breath is all about is starting to say, okay, so I understand that this unconscious part of me is, um, it's affecting the way I see everything. So my conscious awareness has been is being colored by those, those beliefs, all mm-hmm. those, whether the limiting, or, mm-hmm. you know, I think we know just as many people who somehow never seem to see how bad things suck. You know, it's like, man, don't you see? It's a terrible thing. All this, it's an awful day. Yeah. And everybody's like, and this person is just like, ah, well, you know, it's, and, and that's an unconscious bias that they have that happens to work in their favor and, and bring them into a conscious uh, a place of positivity. And so we're able to interface with this. It's just like I wish in the old days, whenever I first found out about it, we just can't just suddenly consciously decide that we're mm-hmm. going to believe a new thing. And mm-hmm. so to actually believe something about ourselves, to change how we feel about the world, how we look at other people, how we look at ourselves – We have to learn how to train that part of ourselves like it's just kind of like as a child, like I have to treat myself, I have to raise myself. Mm -hmm. And that means learning to interface with that. So it means sometimes, okay, you've, and a lot of times that unconscious part of ourselves has a negative bias. And that's, that's, you know, an evolutionary thing that helps us to stay alive because that stick could be a stick, but it could be a snake if mm-hmm. I assume, if I assume it's a, a snake, at least I'm not going to accidentally, you know, step into a, a snake's den. If I assume it's a stick, I'm taking a risk that it, you know, I'm, I'm just going to, ah, it's probably okay. Ah, oh, I'm dead now. So uh, it's like uh, Dr. Otto Musick, he's a neuroscientist who's been a mentor to me. He said, you, you know, uh, you can only get unlucky once when it comes mm-hmm. to our survival. And so- when it comes to these limiting beliefs, when it comes to these beliefs that um, that can really change our lives, the beauty is you're not stuck, right? You're not yeah. stuck saying, okay, I have to go through the rest of my life believing this thing that's negative about myself. Right? I can go forward and I can become aware that, hey, this is an issue. There's some kind of a pattern. My unconscious has picked up. It thinks it's helping me right? The unconscious is doing its best. It's doing its job. It's saying, Hey, I'm here for your survival and I'm here to help you thrive and and get what you want out of life. And because of that, I'm going to keep you from trying for that job because you can't really, there's no way you could get that job because you're not really smart enough. Um, I don't want to embarrass you. So we're going to not try, right? So we have to say, okay, wait a minute. I am smart enough. I can do this consciously. I can do that, but I have to be able to speak to the unconscious. So we can do this, and, and one of the most powerful ways is learning to breathe uh, mm-hmm. some calm and some some relaxation into ourselves, so that we can go into those situations and learn mm-hmm. and teach that unconscious you. Hey, guess what? You actually are someone who can ask so and so out to the dance, or you actually are the person who can uh, get the job, or you actually are a person who can, you know. And a lot of my clients they'll have a phobia of some kind mm-hmm. and, you know, so we can always, we're always teaching. We're always learning. Mm-hmm. And we're, it's not like we're stuck. It's just, it feels that way. It's, it's more of an illusion, but we have to learn how to work with that other part of ourselves. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, we, you know, we, wh- how we believe what we believe is determined by that interface. It's our experiences and it's, and it can be influenced by our conscious processes. And the fastest way to that is through breath work.
0: It's an amazing process exposing our limiting beliefs for those who are interested in evolving, you know, limiting beliefs might just be limiting answers. You've limited Mm -hmm. the answers that you're giving yourself about a certain subjective or objective state. You stop questioning, you stop the inquiry because at this point you feel like you, you know, enough, whether whether you're an addict or whether you're an athlete or whether there's just some sort of an affliction there. The idea is to use the breath to allow the natural questioning of the old answers to evolve into a better version of how we want to show up in our life.
1: Mm -hmm. That's
0: why we have all these different breathing exercises, because you can just do some soft stuff like we just did, which is so powerful for like 50% of the stuff, the surface stuff. You can Mm -hmm. smooth that right out, one session, 20 minutes. I feel pretty good about the rest of the day. Now, there's other breathing techniques that we can do to get at that bottom 50 percent where, you know, we're going to have to sacrifice ourselves just a little bit. We're going to have to feel safe where we might have felt vulnerable. And you begin to kind of change everything through the nervous system, everything and how the brain fires, everything and how our awareness, where we begin to see that something we thought was like the bedrock of truth of how life was going to be might actually be a non-truth. You could actually be wrong there.
1: Yeah. The unconscious is not, it's not concerned about being right. That's the thing. It's it's concerned about keeping you alive and it's concerned about, is it working? Right? So if, if you, if you are around liars, whenever you're young, or maybe it's just, maybe you're around a lot of liars, then you start to see everyone as a liar. And even if they're not a liar, you're going to just assume they're lying And that's, that's a pattern. It's not concerned about, is this person actually a liar? It's, it's, it's saying so far, this has been the best way to, to, to go forward. And it's interesting what you're talking about when we talk about limiting answers. And when we talk about um, saying, okay, you know, I, 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 I'm not even really willing to look outside of, of these, these, this belief, there's the most research that's been done in that particular area is in the world of economics because they said, Hey, listen, we're, we're making all these bad investments. You know, the, the, right. everyone always talks about how they, they gave a monkey a dart board and he picked the better stocks than all these, you know, wall street pros what's going on what, what's happening here. And what they found out is, is a very, a very solid rule when it comes to our unconscious is. Is what they call it, and and you can find out more if if, any, if anybody's interested in it. Of course, I talk about a lot of this in my book, The Language of Breath. But um, there's a very good book called Thinking Fast and Slow. I forget the name of the author at this particular moment. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. unconscious has has is is come on, unconscious. Tell me what the name is. But the um but there's a rule that they call all you see is all there is, mm-hmm. and it's this whole thing where uh, you know I can't start a business. I don't I don't know the first thing about it as opposed to saying, I can start a business, but I'm gonna to have to learn a lot about it, right? Mm-hmm. And and this is an evolutionary thing that preserves energy and time, two things that are, have never re- until recently been in abundance, a time mm-hmm. still not necessarily in abundance, but um, uh, when it comes to our survival, uh, those calories, I mean, when it comes to thinking, your unconscious is, is it's much easier to just make a snap judgment then to kick it up to the conscious thinking part of yourself, where it takes a lot of calories and a lot of time, a lot of energy to process Mm. those things. So we naturally want to jump to conclusions. We naturally want to say, all that I already know is pretty much all that there is to know. Mm. And if there are belief systems that we have, we have a natural reluctance to add any new information into it because we're already... Mm. We as the the unconscious, you believes that that the, the, the amalgam of what it is to live in this world is getting you your results. Hey, I'm still alive. I'm thriving enough. I, you know, I don't really have time for this other stuff. So what we do in the language of breath is we say, okay, now that we're aware that this thing exists, right. Just having that awareness. Now that unconscious you is also trying to push you. Uh, and it's always trying to help you to survive and thrive. And it's not just about survival; it's also about thriving. It's mm-hmm. trying to, and so when it comes to your in, internal wants and desires, that's also something that the conscious you—you you might think, "Hey, I want the C-suite job because it makes a lot of money." And, and mm-hmm. you know, by my conscious reasoning, I know that money is is something that I want in my life because it makes life easier and I get better health care or whatever. You can you can reason it all out. But that deep down desire may not may or may not be there. And there's so many people who are working in conflict with their internal desires and they don't even know it. And so it's important to, to understand that the unconscious is trying to help us to survive and avoid death and injury. But mm-hmm. it's also the part of you that knows what you're looking for in a partner, what you're looking for in a career, what you're looking for in all these things, True. whether it's right or wrong, whether it's actually the best thing for you that's up to you. You you have to have a good relationship because the same part of you that, you know, that, that, the guy that we know who just never has a bad day, right. There's also the same person, you know, we might know another person, uh, who always goes after, uh, a partner who cheats on them, Mm -hmm. just can't get away from that cheating partner. It's like, it's like he or she is just looking for Mm -hmm. a bad mate. Right. And so the unconscious of that person, somehow has put together, this is the person I'm looking for. This is what I'm looking for in a partner. These are the patterns I'm looking for. And that's what they're attracted to. So we have to start to become, once we're aware that this is, this right. is what that is, then we can become aware of those, those, the messages. And, and some of the things that we did at the beginning of, of our session today, we were starting to listen to some of those messages because it's not going to be in English or German or Spanish. It's going to be in sensation, right? It's going to be an autonomic nervous system. All of those things are unconscious. Yeah. The conscious you, right. The the unconscious you is able to speak in symbolic terms, Mm -hmm. but the unconscious, it doesn't have access to that. So it has to speak in, it can speak in impulse. It can speak in Mm -hmm. emotion. It can speak in activations. It -hmm. can speak in, it can speak when we get, when we talk about uh, those deep sessions, those, sometimes we would call them integrative, uh, breath work or altered state. You might start to have dreams. You might just start to have, uh, visions and things like that that come up whenever you get into those deep, deep states. Yeah. Because it's sending those, those messages up to you. But ultimately we're always communicating. It's always trying to nudge us in the direction that it thinks we need to go. And so our conscious thinking self needs to take charge sometimes too, and say, okay, Yes, I know I feel this way, but is this really in alignment with what I want? So this is an easy example is I'm afraid to, you know, I'm 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 always full of anxiety, I'm full of stress, I'm 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 scared at work. Well, am I really in any real danger? Well, you may not be in, in like physical danger, but you could be in social danger. That's right. just as dangerous to us as as humans. Um, So, but is that anger or or is that, that, is that danger? Is it causing me to be forgetful, make mistakes? Well, yeah. Okay. It is. So let's downregulate, let's speak some calm into the unconscious and so that the unconscious can speak back and say, okay, well, I guess if you say so, I guess I, I was trying to get us ready to fight or to run away, but you can, you can calm down. I guess we'll calm down. And then you can start thinking more clearly. So it's never not happening. So it's, it's, it's always, At all times, you're always getting these back and forth signals. And when we start to learn how to decipher them, we can start to learn how to speak back into this part of ourselves that most of us had no idea was even there in the first place.
0: (laughs) Beautiful. You know, folks, you got to play that back when you get a chance to watch this last five minutes of of your life. You want to hear that twice. You know, when you think about the subconscious, you know, probably a third of it is probably really positive. You don't want to go out and play in traffic. You don't want to close the door on your hand. You don't put your fingertip on a stovetop when it's hot. You know, these things are designed for self-preservation. It's really, really good. And then there's a third, which is kind of neutral. It's kind of open. It could go either way based on your level of energy because your level of energy is going to reflect your level of awareness. Low energy is going to be low awareness. You know, the subconscious is very lazy. doesn't want to learn anything new. And then you've got this kind of bottom third, which is like where we got to do our work and kind of come to peace with the part of ourselves that that we're at war with. Can you explain a little bit about the relationship of low levels of CO2 and the subconscious negative drives that come when our energy levels are low? So... So one of the most important things to think about
1: is the fact that we are organisms of action. So mm-hmm. this is, this is our, our, it's, and I know it feels like I I'm, I'm taking two steps back, but it's important to get a, a big picture view of this because uh, it, well, just because it's important. So, so basically right. we are, so if you look at trees, trees are awesome, right? So trees, they are, you know, they, they are able to create their own food, they live a long, long time. Some of them for, you know, like a thousand years in some places, mm-hmm. some of these trees are enormous. Uh, but you know, when there's a fire or when there's no water or a drought or something like that, their, their survival strategy fails, right? Mm-hmm. We have a completely different survival strategy as humans and this is action. So at all times, everything about us is action oriented. So, every so that's what every cell in our in our whole organism is is geared toward so when it comes to how mm. the unconscious is is working for this your unconscious knows this plan your unconscious has known this plan and it will always know this plan it never forgets this plan conscious you we're born into this uh 21st century now some of us were born into the 20th we were both we were born you and I were we're, we're across the centuries but uh, you know I was at the dentist the other day and, and the, the girl went to the same high school I went to. I said, when'd you graduate? She said, uh, 2015. When'd you graduate? I said, well, significantly before that. But anyway, the thing is we're born into this modern world and we forget that we are not trees. We we live sitting in one place. We don't, even, even if you walk around to your house, you're mm-hmm. living in, most of us live in a city or a town. We don't really uh, have much of that movement, that action. But that is what our organism intuitively knows that it's here to do. So for instance, if there is a fire, well, we can we can run away from the fire. Or if there is, uh, there's food over there, we can move to the food. If there is happy hunting grounds, we can go there. So, so we're always action oriented. So that is what at all times, that's at the bedrock of everything about us. So, mm-hmm. so that's a foundational understanding of that. You can through that lens. You need that's how we have to see ourselves. So when it comes to energy levels, we have to think. Okay, so um, if if the unconscious is picking up, maybe the unconscious you uh, is it sees something over there on the other side of that hill, but it's not sure what it is. And this drives our species crazy. We 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 love to find those things out, right? So. I mean, we can go through the brain mechanisms and, you know, the motivational network sends the, the message up and that we get the dopamine and it makes us so curious. We just got to know what it is. Those are all unconscious processes that are trying to help us not to just survive, but to thrive because there could be the happy hunting grounds or maybe a, a new tribe that we can find a better uh, partner. You know, we, we our, our mating uh, uh, capabilities are, are increased. We find someone that's not already in our tribe. We improve our genetic Pool, all those things. So, um, so let's say we've got to do that. Well, that means uh, that we need to activate. So, so your organism will activate. And so that, that kicks off. It does that via the, un, the uh, autonomic nervous systems, which is part of the unconscious you. So, so when that happens, we will need to produce more energy. And when we produce more energy, we produce more CO2, right? So, yes. so our levels of CO2 and our levels of energy are, are intimately connected, right? The CO2 it, and so so, well, exactly. The, the, this is the, and, and, and it's such an amazing thing that we are, yeah. you know, I, I once heard it said that, that life is an event that needs supplies. And yeah. I love that because it it's, it, that's really what it's all about at, at every level in us. We're never not moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, even at a cellular level, there's this incredible intelligence, this unconscious intelligence that we don't have conscious access to, but it's there. And it's you. That's the thing that we really want to, I want to, I want everyone to understand is those cells. That's not just this cell down here. No, it's you. All of it is you and all of you, uh, whether you know it or not, is geared toward action. So you start, you you activate, you get more action, you you get more energy that activates a lot of aspects of Mm -hmm. the autonomic nervous system. One of those is uh, is CO2 production. And that's that's great because that opens up your blood vessels, that increases your oxygen dispersion. It also increases your, uh, your drive and your urge to breathe, but that's fine because you're at this point you're not a tree you're not sitting here at, at a desk stressed out you're charging that hill because you want to know what's on the other side of that hill and the only way to do that is to take action physically that's 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 i mean that's you got to look at the vast majority of not just human history but just like all almost all of our organisms other than trees that's what we have to do And so great. We get over there. We find out that it it was a happy hunting ground. We eat, we have uh, a campground and all these things. (sighs) Great. I'm safe. It's been, it's been a great hunt. My unconscious is very pleased because we've improved our capability to survive. And man, maybe we've, we're even thriving because we're ahead of the curve and we love this is another part of our unconscious. We love climbing social hierarchies. So it doesn't hurt that we're more popular because it was my idea to go over there. Cool. Everybody Mm -hmm. likes me now. So I get all these amorous, happy feelings. And, um, and so, um, so what happens is then we start to feel safe and that's great because now it's a great time to feel safe. We're around the fire. We are safe. And that CO2 production will, will subside. So we're our CO2 production is going to come down because autonomic the, the, because the unconscious believes we're safe and it's picking up patterns of safety Mm -hmm. and wow, we're thriving, we're surviving. And it, and via the autonomic nervous system, it starts to reduce the energy levels that are needed. So, okay, great. We don't need so much energy because we need to go to sleep. And so as a result, we're producing less CO2 because we're Mm -hmm. doing less of that cellular respiration that causes all that energy to kick up. So that is how it, that's how our organism, the human being, has been surviving longer that way than any other way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now we have this situation though, where, um, where we're producing an enormous amount of CO2 as a result of, of a perceived stress, but we're not exerting any of that energy. We're not actually moving, we're not taking action. Another thing that we've only had now for maybe 50 years uh, maybe a little bit longer than 50 years now, um, but certainly no longer than 100, is processed foods, uh, which also contribute to higher levels of CO2, which can contribute to faster breathing, which contributes to sending the message to the unconscious that, hey, we we're, we're, we need to be active, and then you get all these other uh, snowball effects. So uh, how it, it, it's this incredible system that we are, not that we have, that we are, that... Um, that is, is always, it's always thinking about what actions do I need to take to put myself in the best situation to, to thrive and survive. And that's going to dictate, uh, it's going to dictate just about every, every molecule, uh, every cell replication, uh, all the way down to heart rates. Um, and, and even, uh, I think cell replication is a really important one that we often over overlook because your cell replication will increase dependent on the level of activation that you're in chronically. So one of the things that we often misunderstand is when we are in that heightened state of stress, right? We call it stress, but ultimately it's the, it's your organism trying to do what your organism does, which is take action. But it's, but here I am just sitting here, right? I'm not utilizing any of that excess blood glucose, which is another thing that starts to pr- we produce more whenever we're activated. Well, now we have all this blood glucose, now it's also activating uh, the insulin levels. So our insulin levels increase. Well, insulin will increase your cell replication. And so now we have all this issue of higher risk of heart problems, higher risk of cancer and all these things because our organism is built for action, but our modern life treats us like trees
0: that's a great explanation you know in, in your book under in in chapter 10 love your nose ah yes you know connecting people with nose breathing rather than mouth breathing it's like trying to lift the titanic <laughs> the yeah you can, can be you, can you just give us some uh, some highlights about why the no- why the nose is for breathing and the mouth is for eating
1: yeah, I, and, and this is something that I, you know, the longer I've been in breath work, you know, as with anything, you start to develop nuance, right? And so there, I mean, there is a time and place for mouth breathing. It's there. I mean, the reason we can do it for a reason, but for the vast majority of our lives, the nose is what we do. I mean, you can notice me, you might notice I try to breathe in through the nose, even whenever I'm talking. And whenever I, like I said, I was a, a college professor for, for so long, I would come home exasperated because I was mouth breathing all day long, you know, and I didn't understand. I was like, I'm just standing there. Why am I so exhausted? So I don't know how people in the audience feel about their nose, but they should love their nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, the nose of course is, is our, it's the entryway for our, uh, for uh, it, it ultimately is the, it's the gatekeeper. Uh, we, we might call it the first line of defense of our immune system, the skin right. being that one. But but we we can't, we can't put skin whenever, <laughs> whenever we need to inhale. So it is lined with uh, a lot of things that will kill all of the intruders. So it, it filters out all the particles that are of a certain size. Now, it's not going to filter out everything, but about 75% of what is typically in the air, it will filter out. And it filters that out via the turbinates in our our sinuses. Um, And as long as you're not dehydrated, those Mm -hmm. turbinates have enough mucus on them that is just full of white blood cells that will envelop and just destroy whatever you're breathing in. Now, Mm -hmm. if you breathe in through the mouth, you breathe in 100% of all of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're breathing in through the nose, at least it's filtering out most of it. Now, that also includes viruses and bacteria that are stuck to... Mm-hmm. pieces of lint or you know dust or or, or you know maybe right. water vapor and things like that it's not necessarily you know in the past few years we have to be really careful about what we say about you know filtering out the the viruses yes viruses are uh if they're by themselves very tiny and will slip right through uh, in many cases not all cases but many cases but when it comes to most of the time they're they're kind of attached to something they stick to things And if they are, they're getting enveloped by those mucous membranes and uh, and, and ultimately killed and just out of your system. It also will hydrate the air. It warms Mm -hmm. the air, all those things that make the air perfectly ready for Mm -hmm. your alveoli. Mm -hmm. The nice thing about nasal breathing is that it's also going to slow down your breathing. It's activating your diaphragm in a more productive way. Mm -hmm. And when we speak in the language of breath, we talk a lot about like, for instance, a breathing technique is kind of like a phrase or a sentence if, in, in, that we might speak. But we understand that only about 20% of what I'm conveying to the audience right now is actually the words. So, so we understand that about 80% of verbal communication is, is you know, it's, it's my gestures, it's my tone, it's my presence – and it's the same way with your breathing. So the, when we breathe, we're speaking to the unconscious and it expects a certain tone with the phrases. Just like you, ex- the, the, the phrasing that I'm using and the tone that I'm using, they seem to be, okay, that seems appropriate for the words you're saying, for where we are in the conversation. And so I'm not freaked out right now. <clears throat> so if you were to say, I love you, right, and to someone you love – you know, you, you might be able to say, you know, I love you. You look them in the eye. You say it in a heartfelt way. If you were to scream it, right, and, and thump your chest, then they'd be like, what is wrong with you, right? You, the words don't make any difference if you're breathing them the wrong way or right. if you're speaking them the wrong way. Same with the techniques. You can breathe a technique that, oh, yes, breathe this, you know, cadence, and it won't do anything for you if you're not breathing it appropriately. Right. So that's something we call tone and inflection. Uh, I call it, have that in the book and the course and all these things, we, we, all my breath workers, we really focus on that a lot because so much of the time we look at techniques and we don't look at how it's said, but if you're using your nose, it's going to activate the diaphragm more appropriately on the inhale, because breathing through the nose is, is exactly exactly that area right there. Sometimes we call it zone one. And sometimes people call it zone one. I call it the belly. Uh, but it's not just the tummy. It's, it's that whole area, just like you were showing it's the, that mm-hmm. entire area in a spherical shape, really. I mean, it's, it's every direction if, and what that is that mm-hmm. you're, what you're feeling when you do that, you know, the, the belly comes out is you're, you're feeling the diaphragm descend and kind of, kind of squishing the guts. It's kind of spreading the guts out, you know, but, yeah. um, but that's basically what that is. And when you breathe through your mouth, you don't get that same stimulus as you would, if you were to inhale through your nose. Right. So I'm a big fan of nasal breathing. Um, it's something that um, if, if a person wants to increase their, their ability to nasally breathe, I recommend uh, zone two cardio uh, for about a half hour a day, mm-hmm. nasal breathing. And then what you'll notice is that those, those sinuses will start to open up. There is a time uh, to, to mouth breathe. Um, you know, if you're a swimmer, you're, you're probably familiar with the fact that it's very difficult to nose breathe when you're swimming. Um, and you know, whenever I, when I train athletes, if, if they can nasally breathe the entire time, I know that they they can probably push themselves a little harder. And so in, when I train individuals with, uh, with breath, uh, especially with athletes, um, I use, what some people are calling now as the gears system, um, where you do the vast majority of the exercise nasally, because I mean it really is incredible how intense a person can exercise simply nasal breathing. Mm-hmm. But there does come a point if you're pushing yourself incredibly hard, you may need to offload some of that CO2 to, to maintain uh, proper pH. So, so mm-hmm. we want to maintain that pH so you can go harder and, and longer. And so we can start using the mouth as the exhale. And mm-hmm. then eventually, and, and this is this is only um, in certain circumstances, it is appropriate to breathe in and out through the mouth. I know that sounds like anathema, but there are some times when I say, okay, it's okay in this. I mean, we're talking brief, just for a few seconds near that that red line. And that is generally just whenever the negative effects of mouth breathing are not outweighing the positive effects in that particular moment. So, So there's... There's a lot of discussion nowadays on nasal breathing. And I think that for the vast majority of people, mm-hmm. nasal breathing is all you'll ever really need to do. Elite athletes um, and, and people that are in really, really pushing themselves to redline. There is a place to, to make some adjustments there. Uh, but for the vast majority of us, hey, stay nasal, slow, low through your nose throughout the day. That's the way to be.
0: It's beautiful. It is beautiful. You know, the nose breathing creates safety in the brain. It creates safety in the spine. The patterns of movement are efficient, you know, and if you feel like you need to mouth breathe, just breathe fast through your nose several rounds. It'll drop your CO2 levels and you get back to your nasal breathing. So like a lot of the stuff we were doing is really slow diaphragmatic breathing. When you feel that need to dump the air out through your mouth question, do I really need to dump that out or can I do a couple kapalabati Kapalabhati breaths? and just reset those CO2 levels in the brain really quickly and see if the autonomic system doesn't drop back down. So breathe fast through your nose when you need to, breathe slow through the nose when you can. If you have to dump it out through the mouth, it's okay, but it's not going to be able to give you as much endurance. I think if you're a sprinter, that's one thing. But if you're in something that's going to take some time, you want to have those endurance qualities that we get from the CO2 optimization and inflammation reduction. That's another conversation. You know, I read a sentence in your book that I really enjoyed. It was, have a healthy relationship with yourself and your environment. And it just filled my heart. And I just wanted to share how beautiful that was. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Um, The
1: the most important thing, one of, I mean, I make a lot of points in the book, but probably one more foundational ones is to look at yourself as a relationship that is also in relationship with the outside world. Mm -hmm. And, and when we can start to make a better and more positive relationship within ourselves, that's when we can start to have a more positive relationship with the outside world
0: as well. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to land the plane right here. Language of breath. Where do folks get that book, Jesse?
1: Thanks so much. You can, you can order right now. You can pre-order it, the, um, this book. It is coming out on October 24th. We're also going to be doing a free challenge to kind of celebrate. So it's a three-day challenge. You go to jessiecoomer.com, J-E-S-S-E-C-O-O-M-E-R.com. Uh, and you can get on my mailing list for that free challenge. Uh, we're going to be doing that early October to kind of celebrate the release. Um, But you can go anywhere, find books are sold. So Barnes and Noble, Amazon, you name it, you can find it, get the pre-order and you're guaranteed that pre-order price. You can also find out more about the Language of Breath at languageofbreathcollective.com. Or you can find out more if you go to Instagram and just, just search for me. And I am Jesse Coomer Breath.
0: We're going to have all sorts of links and stuff to go out with us so folks can catch up with you or travel to uh, Indiana to see you and get you live because there's nothing better than that. I'm sure you travel over the world making it a better place. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jesse. It was an honor to be with you. It's an honor being here. Thanks so much, Ed. Have a beautiful evening.